Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 99 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, 99 and feeling fine. 99 and fe- I can't believe we have done 99 episodes, 99 cocktails, 99 movies, at least actually. It's like 137 cocktails, let's be honest, because, uh, well, even if you don't take into, even if you don't, yeah, the lobby bars don't count. I mean, because na- then we'd be like 300, but I am happy to share with you and all of our amazing mm. listeners that yes. we actually have yet again had the best week ever. I don't we know did, what's yeah. happening in the world. But this is amazing. My mind is blown. Mind is blown. Everyone was just excited to uh, get to 99, just like we are excited to get to 99. And we're excited to be getting to Halloween. We are uh, coming up very quick on Halloween. It's about 10 days away. Uh, we are crushing through these uh, Halloween, these spooky movies. We've covered some good ones. Uh, we're covering one uh, today that is a an all-time cult classic. Not for you and I, because we just watched it this week for the first time. And I don't know what took us so long, but we finally got around to it and watched it. And we're going to be talking all about it. But before we jump into the movie and before we get into the cocktail, Michaela, you have 10 days. Is your uh, is your Halloween costume ready? Is the family ready to go? So we're, we take Halloween pretty seriously here at the Wood household. And so I'm going to say yes. We have our costume ready for Halloween we have a secondary costume ready for uh, some... costume change, like share. Yeah, we, yeah, we do multiple costumes because we never know quite what we're going to be doing. We get invited mm. to a lot of parties. It's mm-hmm, hard to do mm-hmm. the same costume over and over again, especially since costumes aren't the easiest to wash uh, really quickly. So we um, we're doing some Alice in Wonderland stuff because we got some we got an Alice in Wonderland kind of themed party we're going to. We've got our, we're doing Star Wars for Halloween. So I've got my Queen Amidala dress that looks like a giant rainbow sheet. It's beautiful. uh, And it's going to look amazing when I finally figure out how to put the darn thing on. But it's, it's very complicated. It's a very complicated costume. And if anybody listening knows how to put on the rainbow sheet from episode three, four, That'd be great. Hit me up. Let me know how it goes. Tell me know one what of, I'm supposed to do. One of one of those episodes. Pretty sure that's episode two, but that's okay. I digress. Yeah, Halloween is quick approaching. We have a lot of good cocktails uh, made up and ready to go. Um, you know, costume for me, that's just me wearing a regular shirt and I put on some sort of like uh, Boba Fett helmet or something and call myself good to go. So so that's about as much effort as I put into it. But we're putting in a lot of effort this week for the episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into the movie, we're going to need a cocktail. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back. So this week's cocktail is the perfect thing if you've been out doing creatures of the night stuff all night, like Mm. eating Chinese food and sunken clubs on the sea of Santa Clarita or Santa Clara. And you need something when the sun starts to come up. This is definitely uh, something that you should try. And 
Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's Santa Carla. And second of all, it might be Chinese food. It might be worms. Uh, it's hard to say, but I know that this cocktail is delicious, more delicious than that Chinese food. I guarantee it. And this one is called the Vampire Sunrise, which is what you need after a night out on the town uh, doing vampire type stuff. And this one comes from Secrets of the Booze. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of theirs on recently and they just are knocking it out of the park with I think they're really good at these uh, Halloween themed ones because you can do a lot of fun playing around. Uh, with the way that these look and the way that these taste and this one looks awesome it certainly does and it's with uh one of our favorite fruits the blood orange and so what you're gonna do it's also like super easy this could have been a lobby bar drink because of how easy it is but it's not because it is super front and center what we're drinking this time this is how we make it we're gonna take two blood oranges now we say that if you look at the video that uh is in secrets of the booze those blood oranges are tiny. The ones that we got, uh, Brian, you lucked out and got these ginormous, yeah. juicy-looking like, like blood oranges. Like grapefruit-sized. Yeah, they, like grapefruit-sized, yeah. Oh, they were beautiful. You cut them open, and it was like, it really looked like they're, the oranges were bleeding because some of it was like beautiful and orange, and some of it was really dark red. Just so creepy. Anyway, we only used about an... Uh, three ounces. So whatever that turns into for you, if that's two blood oranges mm-hmm. for you, great. If it was not two for us, that was like half of an orange uh, ended up giving us like tons and tons of juice. So uh, three ounces of blood orange juice. Then you're going to add that to an ounce and a half of white rum. Uh, we have a lot of Bacardi still in my house. Wilbur, come over and drink all the rum. I don't, yeah. I need you to come drink the Bacardi. But that's what we had. So that's what we use. Um, you could probably use any white rum. It doesn't have to be super special. Mm-hmm. The secret ingredient to this, though, is an egg white and then half an ounce of simple syrup. We've talked about how to make that. It's equal parts sugar and water. Just heat it up until the sugar dissolves and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to throw all of those ingredients into your shaker tin. Uh, you can do a dry shake with that egg white if you want, but it's not super important because of the, the juice and stuff in there. So throw some ice in there and shake it up. And then you're going to strain it out into your coupe, your martini glass. Um, and it's going to be really pretty. It's going to be like this orangish reddish uh, hue. It's going to have that nice creamy uh, foam layer on top. And then you can garnish that with some zest from your blood orange. Or if you want to go the extra step, which is what I did, um, you're going to take one of those blood oranges and you're going to slice it into like a quarter inch slices. Um, Stick that in the oven 200 degrees, about an hour on each side. That's going to dry it out. And then you can uh, put that on top. It looks really pretty. Uh, You can go to the website and see pictures of ours. Plus, uh, you get a bonus cocktail out of it because you get like the ends of the blood orange and totally squeeze that into your gin and tonic. Awesome. Uh, Really good. Really good pick there. So make sure you do that. Get a bonus cocktail. Uh, You have that while you're, uh, you know, drying out your blood oranges and then make this up Um, and then you drink it. Um, and you rejoice in your vampireness, I guess. That's right. Uh, so I really liked this cocktail. I have to say, though, I was expecting it to be a little bit more alcoholic. Um, I didn't really taste much of the rum. Mm-hmm. And so I think next time I really would go back to the sunrise part of the vampire sunrise and add some tequila um instead of the rum and see how that goes because i think that that would deliver a more bitey flavor (laughs) and um (laughs) but something a little bit different because this this was tasty but it was there was no punch to it like i wanted just a little bit more flavor profile and you know it's beautiful though and especially with the dried blood orange on the top that was just real pretty 
Yeah, it was it was really good. You got a lot of those notes of the blood orange, but yeah, you didn't get a lot of other flavors. It felt kind of one note. Um, and maybe maybe it was just something with the white rum kind of got lost to the to the juiciness of the blood oranges. But I think you could use any kind of uh, clear ish spirit would be good. So like you said, a uh, silver tequila would be fine. Um, we talked about the gin or vodka both being good in this where you could play on like a like a vampire uh, screwdriver sort of thing. So I think you could really kind of, you know, pick and choose whatever spirit you wanted to uh throw into yours and you know still kind of go through the same process and still get something really delicious so uh one to definitely play around with and you know this time of year if you can get your hands on some blood oranges you can do a lot of cool stuff with those uh, blood orange simple syrup uh, which we've used in a cocktail in the past like i said just uh do some juice into some of your other favorite cocktails and uh that's going to add a little bit of uh flair and a little bit of deliciousness to it um and this cocktail yeah was really good and it definitely set the tone uh, you know, for a vampire tale. And we're going to be talking about one of the cult classics of vampire tales this week. So uh, let us know at home if you make up one of these. But for now, Michaela, grab the blood oranges because we're going to take a break and we're going to go way back in time to celebrate the anniversary of one of the best. We'll be right back to chat about this week's film, The Lost Boys. Spoiler warning for The Lost Boys. If you've not yet seen The Lost Boys, then you should come sit by me because I hadn't seen it either and neither had Brian, but we all did this last week for the very first time. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the things lost and all the thing boys. And if you haven't seen it and you don't want us to talk about the ending, cause it's a doozy, then press pause. Now go make yourself a vampire sunrise, go watch this movie. It's not very long and then come back and we can chat about it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, like Michaela and I, I guess you've uh, made the conscious decision of not seeing it because uh, this thing came out on July the 31st, 1987. Uh, happy 35th anniversary to the Lost Boys. This was directed by Joel Schumacher and it stars Jason Patrick and Corey Haim as Michael and Sam, the two brothers who are new into town. Uh, and they're about to uh, stumble into some some crazy zaniness that you only get, I guess, in the uh, the California boardwalk areas of uh, what did I say the name of this town was? Uh, Santa Carla. Uh, Michael yeah. and Sam, Michaela. So, yeah, we'd, we'd never seen this, but uh, definitely has a, a bit of a cult following for sure. It's a movie that I've heard about and a lot of people talk about uh, kind of like Boondock Saints almost in a way. Right. It has that same kind of kind of fervor to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a grittiness to it that people talk about. Um, you know, they say they're vampire uh, lovers or they're, they're vampire fans. They love everything that's vampire. And I remember in the late nineties, um, you know, Anne, Anne Rice came out with, uh, that book interview with a vampire. Then the movie came out and it was, and everybody kind of went vampire crazy. And that is when people first started talking to me about this film. And I remember seeing like pieces of it, but I did mm -hmm. not remember the film at all. So I'm really glad we revisited it. Um, but it has grown. People still like love this movie and it's the right time of year to see it. Um, it's spooky. It's a lot of, yeah, vampires, lots of, <laughs> and these vampires are, they've kind of cornered the market on the flying vampire. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, they have uh, the flying vampire. And that's kind of what uh, gets us started here. Actually, you get a really cool scene um, as we get into the movie here. It's kind of like this helicopter shot of this 
uh, boardwalk, I guess, in Santa Carla. Um, you know, it's kind of this uh, California coastal town. It looks really cool. There's like a, a roller coaster, there's a Ferris wheel, and there's a carousel, and it kind of flies in, and we meet uh, kind of these groups of kids here on this carousel. They are having a little bit of a push and a shove sort of thing. The I don't know, the cops or the security uh, come, and they're like, hey, I told you kids to get out of here, so they kind of leave, and then you get this uh, fly-in of the security guys. He's walking through this empty parking lot. It actually looks really cool. There's some really cool helicopter work uh, for 1987, the way that this looks. And uh, you know that something is afoot. Uh, you don't know what, uh, but you know that we are going to be in for quite the ride as we go into Santa Carla. Like I said, Michael and Sam are moving there. They're with their mom, uh, recently divorced. Uh, she's doing her best, single mom, living that single mom life now. But what do you do? Sometimes you got to move back in with your crazy dad, your crazy grandpa. Uh, he's just called grandpa, played by Bernard Hughes. He's amazing. Uh, and that's where we're getting this story kind of started. Yeah. I love grandpa because as soon as mom and the two boys kind of uh, drive in and they're driving through this menage of like weird people, like uh, biker folks, folks who shaved their heads, folks with a lot of tattoos, folks with weird dogs. folks with, <laughs> It's, it's like, everyone in 1987. Your parents told you to stay away from. These yes. are the people that live in Santa Carla. That's right. They all live there. They're all, they're all there happy. And Mike, Michael and Sam are looking around like this is very strange. But Diane Weist, uh, best mom uh, ever. She was she played a great mom in Parenthood. She plays a great mom here. She's just trying to figure this out. But she gets home. And of course, her dad, uh, you're right, played by Bernard Hughes. He's like, you know, I just I don't know. I don't know what I don't know very many people that have actually lowered their their state of life by getting a divorce. But you managed to do it. And she's like, it's fine, dad, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's just like this curmudgeon guy. But yeah, he thanks for the really... support, dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's letting her live there. I don't know. But you would yeah. think she grew up here, right? Because this is the old family home and it looks old. They don't even have a TV. I mean, they, Mike and Sam go on and on about how they don't have MTV because they don't have a TV. And mm -hmm. No MTV. I will give Michael some props, though, because when he is uh, walking in there, unloading the car, uh, he's carrying a barbell with weights on it. Also, that has clothes on both ends. So Michael is a beast. He is ripped. He doesn't care about the TV. Uh, they just want to go and have some fun. And you want to get out of that house because there's a bunch of creepy taxidermy going on. Uh, Grandpa, a whole calm, taxidermy room. <laughs> calm down. Calm down with that. So Michael and Sam are on their way to the boardwalk that we saw earlier. Uh, it looks super fun. Kind of the first section of this movie takes place on this boardwalk area, uh, which I really like a lot. I like that it's kind of set against this uh, kind of colorful, flamboyant, uh, kind of kind of gritty-ish kind of thing. But they go to the boardwalk. They're having fun. They're walking around. They're trying to get their feeling. Sam, played by Corey Haim, is wearing the most amazing pink shirt I've ever seen. Uh, the 1980s were a trip uh, for the fashion. Uh, I loved seeing that. And you know what else I loved seeing at the boardwalk? That was our uh, a musical endeavor, Michaela. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely that's right. Yeah. So we are we are at the boardwalk. We are seeing uh, saxophone uh, being played by a gentleman by the name of Timmy Capello. Uh, he's credited as the beach concert star, and he is a beach concert star because uh, he's wearing uh, I don't know. He, like he looks he like the most eighties like chain like a, mail cod piece. Yeah. He, if y'all don't looks know like what he, that is, go look it up. Should yeah. He look, looks okay? he looks like he came out of like the WWE WWF in the nineteen eighties. Uh, looks like he just stepped out of the ring, started playing a, a saxophone. Uh, um, and it's awesome. Uh, played by Timmy Capello actually is a real saxophone player. That's amazing. And you're watching this and you're saying to yourself, uh, self, 
this is going to be the most amazing film of all time. No, No. you're saying this is going to be the most amazing film of all time. Two things are true. This movie is exceptional and it's going to be downhill from here because this is, this is where the thing peaks for sure, for sure. But something else is going on while you're watching this guy play the saxophone. You're seeing a a lovely young lady uh, catching the, catching the uh, corner of the eye of Michael. Uh, He sees her. uh, It's going to give pursuit to uh, star played by Jamie Gertz. He's going to follow her through the crowd, but uh, bad news because star might already, uh, might already have her own love interest. Yeah. Oh man. And so Jamie Gertz, not new to the scene. Uh, She started working in 1981. She was in things like Quicksilver and 16 candles and endless love. Uh, But this is the first time I remember her seeing her in the eighties because Uh, And she looks great. She's like got that beautiful 80s hair. She has 80s band hair before some of the 80s band hair uh, even happened. She really cornered the market on that. And she's got to get dressed up to go see Timmy Capello play the saxophone. She's wearing like a like a white strappy shirt and some and a gypsy skirt. I mean, she looks totally, totally beautiful. And obviously, Michael is just he can't stop staring at her. Sam's making fun of him. Like, dude, the the dude with the cod piece is like over here. Why aren't you watching him? Because <laughs> he's really what the show's about. And he's like, nah, man, I, I can't stop looking at this girl. And they kind of walk around this area outside of the concert. And uh, that is when we realize that Star is kind of spoken for. Um, Michael tries to talk to her. They, you know, tries to make her laugh about her name and they both have hippie parents probably because her name is star and she's not really interested in any of that but he gives he offers to give her a ride on his bike and she's gonna go with him but then the lost boys show up that's right yeah led by uh david who's played by Kiefer sutherland who has some sweet bleached out blonde hair um we've also got let's see we've got paul and Dwayne and marco marco's played by alex winter uh that is bill and bill and ted uh so that's where you're gonna know him from and yeah the lost boys they seem like they're nothing but trouble um but they're going to invite michael to go with them and what is what's sam gonna do right he gets he gets abandoned at this uh at this boardwalk area he's gonna go in check out some comic books uh you know the local kids you have edgar and alan frog played by Corey feldman and jameson newlander they're going to give him some shtick they're like you're an out-of-town kid but you know uh sam sam knows his comics he's going to lay it on pretty thick these kids are going to respect him and they're going to talk and they're going to give him a little comic book it's a vampire comic sam says not into those horror comics they say trust us read this uh think of it as like a survival guide you're going to need it Absolutely. Corey Feldman, I think he drops an octave when he's in this role um, because he just got done doing The Goonies where he played Mouth. And I feel like he talks real low the entire time, especially when he's (laughs) talking about truth, justice and the American way, which apparently means killing vampires. And I I have to say, I I don't know because I was not a kid who was into comic books. I kind of joined the comic book movement later in life. Um, Mm. But it it really did seem pretty believable how, you know, you kind of do this sizing up of people of, you know, what they know. We do that a lot with movies, right? We meet people who are like, Oh, I love films. And then we talk about it. And it's like, ah, do you know enough? I think it's called gatekeeping now. And that's not a cool thing, but I really respected that piece of this show because the way Sam really speaks to the different versions. And he's like, you guys have totally misorganized all of amazing Spider-Man and Superman. Like they should be in different areas because of these things. And, and of course the frog brothers are like, wow, you're amazing. (laughs) 
you are don't amazing. kill any let's go kill vampires <laughs> together let's do it let's go kill vampires together that's right yeah they are amazing and you know who else is amazing that is max he is played by edward herman uh he runs this it's like a video uh cassette vcr shop electronic store kind of a thing um we're going to meet him because lucy is also going to the uh little boardwalk area she's wandering around she ends up running into the store and max kind of sizes her up and says ah you look like you need a job and lucy says i absolutely need a job because i'm a single mom now you seem nice uh and also we should start dating so that happens pretty quick uh but you know what else happens pretty quick is that michael is off with the lost boys they are riding their little motorcycles uh through the through the sand which looks very dangerous it's very dark uh looks very sand dooney uh i don't feel comfortable doing it myself but uh they seem okay with it probably because they're vampires um and they get to like the edge of the world right up along the ocean and we get to go into the vampires lair uh which looks awesome yeah it really does actually look pretty cool and they explain it um david's like there was this abandoned hotel or it was a club or something and it fell it was on the cliffside and it sunk into the cliff during this big earthquake that happened in 1906 uh that's an actual real thing so you should check that out. Um, but it looks really cool. There's stuff hanging from the ceiling. There's a really cool picture of the guy from the doors. Oh my God, Jim Morrison. There's a great picture of Jim Morrison hanging off the back. At first I thought it was Val Kilmer, but it's not. It's Jim Morrison. Yeah, also the picture of Jim Morrison is about 100 feet wide and 100 feet tall. Now it's important to know that The Lost Boys starts uh, with People Are Strange, which is a Doors song, but it's not the Doors version of it which is weird that they have the picture of Jim Morrison. Good uh, maybe, call. maybe they could, maybe they couldn't get the, the doors recording of it, but yeah, so they have, so it opens and closes with people are strange, uh, the version by echo and the bunny men. But I thought that that was just kind of funny that they have a big picture of Jim Morrison, but they don't even have Jim Morrison's actual version. of yeah. people are strange. Now I don't, I don't know uh, Jim Morrison's version very well, but does it have that chorus, the thou shall not kill and stuff in the same eerie way? Because maybe that's why they chose it because that part, I will, I remember that from mm. watching this 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, like the Lord's prayer. I think that's, I think that's just additional. I don't think that's part of, it's okay. not, it's definitely not part of the doors song. I, I don't think it's part of the uh, echo and Bunnyman uh, oh, version either. Okay. I think that that's they just, just decided extra. to put that just, in. To just make extra. It yeah. Just Great. extra. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, this place is really cool. Um, they brought some Chinese food. They're like, Hey, we're all hungry. Uh, have some food. And you know, this is before the pandemic. So people are like sharing all sorts of stuff. And, uh, Michael has some rice and David has him believing that it's maggots. And so that's really creepy and gross. Um, and then he realizes it's rice still. And then he's asking about noodles. These noodles turn into worms. And of course, Star, absolutely no help at all. She's like in the back, like, stop, leave him alone. Be nice to him. And yet Michael, totally in love with Star still. Don't really, don't, I don't, I don't get it. But there's this creepy thing that's happening michael is like i don't want to eat any of this food because it keeps turning into weird stuff but of course then david's like here's a bottle of wine um it looks like a bottle that has a lot of dollar store stuff like super glued to it um mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. uh old looking it doesn't look like it's wine that i would want to drink but michael he's like sure i'll take a couple swigs of that 
yeah, Michael keeps making bad decisions. These these uh, these lost boys are not being very nice to Michael. Uh, he's almost died, falling off the side of this cliff. Uh, they're messing with him with this food, but he's like, yeah, sure, I'll drink some of this stuff, uh, which we find out is blood. And that is bad news because that's going to turn you straight up into a vampire. Uh, they're going to go kind of get the most like iconic, like visual kind of thing from this as you know, as these uh, boys now are kind of running around and, you know, saying, hey, be one of us, join us, one of us, one of us. Um, and they're kind of like hanging underneath of this train track, uh, which looks really cool. And then one by one, they kind of drop through um, into this like smoke fog kind of thing, which looks awesome. It looks really cool. Um, I assume that, you know, they're just pumping that in from like some sort of like fog machine and uh, falling down through it, but it looks really cool. And what do you do? If you're Michael, you're trying to hang on. You said, I don't want to fall off of this thing. That is a bad idea. He doesn't know that he's a vampire yet. Uh, but eventually, you know, his hands give way. He falls through the thing and wakes up in bed the next day. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say this takes like two minutes. This whole scene I am watching with bated it's breath. Like zero, zero to 60. Zero it's, to 60. It's insane. I have no idea how all of them held on. I mean, I do know how the other ones held on. They were vampires. They didn't feel any pain. Michael is just hanging for a while. Now I know he's a beast. Okay. And he lifted like small children and yeah. you know, stuff. Yeah. But, thing, yeah. Wow. He, I mean, I was like, this is, this is going to be a 10 second thing. And it lasted forever this scene. And when he finally falls through you, uh, I, my heart was in my throat because I was like, he's going to end up breaking his neck. And then, it's going to come back together or something, but that doesn't happen. It really beautifully splices into him kind of waking up on his bed, jumping off of it, going, oh my gosh, what, what was that? That was the craziest dream ever. Only not a dream, not a dream, oh. Brian. Only not a dream, not a dream. That's right. He wakes up the next day uh, when mom is calling from work, uh, wondering why he's sleeping in so late. Uh, his brother, Sam, is like, what is going on with you? You are you are now the undead. Uh, can't be trusted with you. He's screaming. The dog is trying to attack him. Um, it's all bad because Michael is like uh, full blown, well, almost full blown into vampire mode now. Uh, doesn't like the sun. Uh, dog doesn't trust him. Sam Frog doesn't brothers trust him. want him to want Sam to and, kill him. He's like, and, just yeah. Yeah, Sam, Sam calls off. Sam calls his buddies from the comic book store. He's like, uh, I think my brother is the undead. And they're like, uh, you know what? You, you got to just kill him. Just <laughs> just do it. Just get over with. Uh, and we can help you with that. And that's that's kind of what happens. Right. Then you get some shenanigans with Sam and Michael as they're trying to hide him from the mom. Michael's trying to figure out what's going on. He doesn't want to be a vampire. Uh, but, you know, David and the other Lost Boys are like, no, too bad, guy. You're a vampire now. Come with us. So they go out and they do like their like feeding. And Michael's supposed to uh, kill someone, drink their blood. And that's going to make him like a full blown vampire. But he resists the temptation of doing it. And so now he's kind of on the outs. Right. They know uh, that Michael can't be trusted. He's not really one of them. Um, and we're going to come to a head pretty quickly. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you find out that. Star is also kind of this in this half vampire mode because she has also drank their blood or drank someone's blood, drank drank the blood of the dollar store out of the out of the wine out of the wine, yeah, the wine dollar bottle, store yeah. wine bottle, and she has also yet to kill somebody. She was supposed to kill or feed on Michael, but then she refused because they really like each other. And so there's also like this kid um, who's I think named Lenny and or Laddie. Uh, played by mm -hmm. Chance Michael Corbett. He's like a kid. Uh, he's he's missing. There's a lot of missing people in it that, that end up going missing from visiting this town. Warning, number one. Um, and 
he he's also kind of becoming a vampire he fed on something so they're worried that he's now going to become a child vampire which sounds cute it's not cute it it's really kind of creepy sounds terrible. Sounds when he terrible. finally turns into one she, she's like the the frog brothers are trying to kill him and he's like she's like he's just a child leave him alone but what they what they decide to do what their plan of action now is since there's more of these half vampires than not um, is that they want to kill the leader, which they believe to be David Powers. They're like, look, if we just kill him, then all of the other vampires will lose their powers and we can still save Michael. We can still save Star. We can still save Laddie. It'll be fine. That's just right. Kill, yeah. Kill David. <laughs> that, that's right. They decided to kill David because they think maybe there's another leader of the vampires, right? And that is Max. That is uh, Lucy, the mom's uh, new boyfriend slash boss. Uh, inappropriate, but that's that's what we got going on here. Uh, so you have the Frog Brothers. They come over for a little bit of a dinner party, and they're going to try to uh, try to suss out Max, uh, which is really pretty funny because they like ask him if he wants some like parmesan cheese on his pasta they just pour like a bunch of garlic onto it they uh spill water on them they uh i don't know they do all of this stuff right they have this cross and max like what is happening none of this stuff is working on him so clearly he's not a vampire we think spoiler warning uh but yeah so the so they have to move on they're like well i guess it's not him it's it's this david we have to get him we know where their lair is michael can help get us there we can go in while they're sleeping during the day we can take care of them get out of there no big deal Problem solved. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it goes so well. So they, they go to their lair <laughs> to try and kill a bunch of them. They bring like holy water filled water guns and longbows and stakes. Um, they, you know, make grandpa leave. They tell grandpa he's got a hot date with some chick to get him out of the house <laughs> so that they can go do this. Yeah. And, it's, and you take, it's a, you take like a taxidermy dog with you. It's real strange, real, real strange. And, um, they end up getting, when they get to the gang's lair, they end up killing Marco, uh, with a stake and they, but they wake up David, they wake up the two others, but it's daytime. And so the, the, the law, the rest of the lost boys escape and now they know they're after them. It's really bad. They're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And that's when, you know, Laddie, the little boy vampire is like, what do, what do we do with the little boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they have they have Star, they have the Logan. Actually, I really like kind of the uh, setup to them going on this because they like, like all the, the boys like, bust into like the church during some sort of like <laughs> it's a first communion or something at yeah, christening and are still in the holy water and they're just like filling up like these big canteens with them that's uh really pretty funny but yeah they get to the they get to the lair and that's kind of the first time you get any sort of gore like i'm watching through this movie uh you know like the first like i don't know like two-thirds of it and i'm like eh, there, there really isn't that much you know blood and gore i don't really see why this is rated r but then yeah they kill uh, poor Marco uh, doesn't make it there that that first time, and it's just like raining blood down uh, through this uh, vampire cave layer kind of thing that they have. But yeah, bad news is because that's the only one they got. So now that they only have like two hours to get prepared because as soon as that sun goes down, uh, it, ball game kids yep. because uh, David's going to be ticked and he knows where they live, and that's going to be bad. Yeah, and so uh, Ma- mom is out of the house. Uh, she's on the, like another date, I think. I, I don't know where mom is, but grandpa's gone. He's on a date. Uh, they take the holy water from the water guns and they fill a bathtub 
Um, I don't mm-hmm, quite understand mm-hmm. how holy water works because I am uh, not a Catholic, but maybe someone could explain this to me. If you add regular water to holy water, does the whole thing become holy water then? Because I they, uh, they sure. only filled like three canteens at the christening. So did they go back? I, there's a plot hole there that I'm sure somebody can explain, um, but they have a bathtub now filled with garlic and holy water. That place must have smelled amazing. It's like, it's like an Italian jesus area and uh they end up uh pushing uh paul into this tub and that is one of the goriest things i think i've ever seen because at first he's like ow it hurts and then like his skin starts to melt off and then like his bones disintegrate it's totally nasty uh yeah not not yeah. a good time poor poor yeah. Paul. and then all of like his like like blood and the water started like coming out of like all of the pipes and like shooting out of like the toilet and the sink and all of like the plumbing is is just going nuts through the whole house um yeah that's that's pretty cool looking yeah and they get you know they get the other one and then you have kind of the final showdown between uh david and michael they are flying around through the air uh you know they're kind of you know going back and forth getting a little bit of a one-up on each other but you know i fortunately your grandpa uh is a taxidermy guy so there's about fourteen thousand uh, like deer antlers they're sticking out of the wall so you're going back and forth uh trying to get the one up on uh each other um and luckily luckily for us michael michael gets the uh, last laugh here on david as he gets them and gets them impaled on some uh sharp uh aardvark antler there you go absolutely absolutely so david is is dealt with but uh you know bad news you know the frog brothers they they thought that max was the head vampire uh turns out he wasn't um so then they thought david was the head vampire turns out he wasn't uh but maybe it turns out that max had one up because i guess vampire rules say if you invite a vampire into your house uh they are They are free from all of the regular vampire things. No crosses, no garlics are going to turn them away. Uh, You invite them in. It's it's free. It's free reign for the vampire. Uh, But this time, Max didn't get invited in. That's right. Uh, He did not get invited in this time. And uh, it's interesting because they come to the house. And of course, the mom is like, what the hell is going on? Because there's blood all over the walls. The the place totally looks like something (laughs) out of the Amity. The plumbing's all shattered. It's... (laughs) It's awful. And they're like, what happened? Is everyone okay? And Max is uh, finally becomes his true self. Uh, he looks uh, real bad. He, he is not an attractive vampire. I mean, let's be honest. None of these vampires were really attractive. Even Kiefer Sutherland, who's actually a pretty good looking guy, even to this day, he has, he has aged beautifully. Uh, David Powers, not a good looking vampire. Um, he's got these, they've got these weird extra cheekbone things going on. The, <laughs> Their eyes like, look like he's like the Billy yellow. Idol of, of vampires. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, but not a good looking one because even Billy Idol was kind of hot back in the day. I mean, it's just not a good look. Anyway, Max, not a good looking vampire. Uh, luckily for him, uh, we live in the it's, I guess Santa, wherever this place is, Santa Clara, <laughs> Santa Carla. Oh Come my on. gosh, I will say it right at some point, Santa Carla. Um, no, no stranger to weirdos one of the weirdos being uh amazing grandpa and grandpa has a i don't know stakes on his truck and he ends up like ramming the truck into the front of the house i guess he could see or smell the blood from miles away and decided to uh go save the day and he does that by impaling max on a giant wooden fence post and max Mm. explodes 
it's not uh not a kid's show ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you yeah. might think That's... it is the first few minutes but once you see that chainmail cod piece you should decide to turn away that's right yeah so uh grandpa busts through the wall uh with this like forklift truck kind of thing with all these stakes on the front of it and yeah one in one impales uh max some problem solved and grandpa just you know gets down off of his uh vehicle walks over to his fridge where he has a specially marked area there grabs himself a drink and he says one thing about living in santa carla i can never stomach all the damn vampires now i was watching this and i said how did grandpa know that the vampires were in there because i don't think that was ever declared he just kind of shows up through the wall so yeah so he must have his own vampire uh uh, ESP sort of thing. He just knows what's going on, or he just looks at his house and is like, "That nah, looks bad." I'm just maybe go the Frog Brothers also this. have a granddad who's mm. like, you know, maybe maybe from that. I don't know. You could have thought, Grandpa. This Grandpa is really cool because he'll say things like, "He has this really old, cool-looking car, and he takes Sam into the car, and then you think they're going to go to town, and he's like, nope, 'Nope, I'm just going to turn the car on and talk about town. That's as close as I get.' You would think that that would be the moment he's going to be like, son." They're vampires and they suck. And here's how you kill them or something. But he <laughs> yeah. doesn't do anything. The only time he ever gives mm. any wisdom mm-hmm. at all is when Michael comes home or Sam comes home after taking the car out. And he's like, well, do you know the rule about taking the car without permission and filling it back up? And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, well, now you know the rule. Well, now, I mean, now you know the rule. Yeah, where I were love, the I... gems of wisdom when <laughs> vampires were raining down blood on our house? I love it because, yeah, they go and get into the classic car and uh, they start it up because he's going to town and then Grandpa just turns it off and he's like, that's as far as we're going because I don't like going to town, uh, which sounds amazing uh, as a recluse myself. So I can definitely uh, identify with Grandpa there. But yeah, Grandpa has a lot of good wisdom Um, in this movie. It's I don't know. It's so campy and fun. Like I've found parts of it just hilarious. Like uh, at the one point uh, Sam is going to sleep with his mom because he's scared because his brother's a vampire. Who wouldn't be scared about that? Says mom, can I come sleep in your room? And he gets in and she's like, Oh, I've been eating pizza. And he like opens up his sweater and he's got like this whole like necklace of garlic around his neck, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, They have an awesome dog, a very cute dog. I like things with cute dogs. So that's nice. And the dog is helpful uh, because the dog keeps attacking the vampires and that's what you want in your dog. Uh, I don't know. My my little pug dog would definitely not attack a vampire. She'd be oh like, no, she would. Give me a pet. Come on now. No, she would give. She would say, "Give me a pet, and you can do whatever to my family as long as you show me some love. I don't care." I don't know, man. One I, one too much garlic. Maybe she 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 try. I don't know. Yeah, she's yeah, spicy. She, she, she I try. I think she would. She would definitely do the thing that the the dog did uh, one time, which was the um, when Michael was watching Sam. Sam's like. How old was Corey Haim in this film? Like 15? I, I, he was supposed to be like 12. So he's taking a bath and he's doing things that you would normally do as a six-year-old in the bathtub, like like making his hair a mohawk and playing with the with the bubbles. I don't know if that's like normal behavior for 15-year-old boys, but um, their dog is uh, really doesn't like Michael and like lunges at him. I, I totally see your dog doing that at least once. <laughs> at least at least one she's only she's only a pug so she can do it as good but she'd fly through but, the air she'd be like rah. No, that could be okay. that could be um but yeah I, this this movie was a lot of fun and i definitely um you know we hadn't seen it yet before but i could definitely understand um you know what people like about this and especially like if you would have been like a teenager um say in 1987 you would have watched this and you would have instantly fallen in love with it i totally can get that and i can totally see uh why people are loving it and that totally makes sense then why on its 35th anniversary it was in the theater unfortunately the timing didn't work out so we didn't get to go see it in the theater we had to watch it at home 
Um, so yeah, we have to rent it uh, there. So if you want to check it out yourself, you're going to have to rent it on your streaming service, or maybe it's playing in a theater near you here as we're going through Halloween season. But uh, that is The Lost Boys. So um, one of the fun things about Lost Boys, I noticed as I was watching and they're, you know, kind of going through the credits there, the executive producer uh, on the thing was Richard Donner. And Richard Donner uh, was the director of Goonies. Um, so you have a lot of kind of kind of similarities there. I thought that the way that like the vampire layer looked a lot like some of like the set decoration and dressing um, in the Goonies, uh, just in the way that it looked. And then obviously you have um, Corey Feldman uh, was in the Goonies. And then the following year uh, was in Stand By Me with Kiefer Sutherland. And then you know, in 1987, uh, then you had Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Corey Feldman back again and uh, this vampire flick. So, yeah. Yeah. And this, it was, it's interesting too, because this was the first time that Jason Patrick and Keith Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland were put together. And then there's a whole love triangle between the three of them and Julie Roberts. I uh, don't know when that exactly started, but that that's kind of an interesting uh, take. Was, I remember it, it was all foreshadowed with star. In it Lost was, Boys. it was, it absolutely was. And I, I do remember girls having pictures of both Corey Haim and Jason Patrick in mm. the, like posters of them it, like lost boys boy style in their rooms um yeah because jason patrick's got that dark kind of brooding look to him i i, I don't know it, it's kind of a, a forbidden love too like they weren't supposed to be together and but she's not very helpful star like she's not i, I would have <laughs> liked if i could critique the movie i mean there's a lot of things i would i would change <clears throat> cod cod piece um but I would make her a little bit have a little bit more of a backbone because he like goes to her. He's like, what is happening to me? And she's like, Michael, I can't tell you. And it's like, you can tell him you actually can. You can tell him you don't have to just sleep with him. You can tell him, dude, you're turning into a vampire. And yeah, so am I. <laughs> and I we're powerless to stop it. So let's get it on. I mean, you could have said that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so the, so this movie is only like 90 minutes long. So it runs through pretty quick, right? Because right. their first kind of interaction uh, with uh, Michael and Star, uh, she just basically blows him off and gets on the on the back of um, David's uh, motorcycle or whatever, and they right. go off. And then the next time, uh, she's about ready to go off with Michael, and then David shows up, and she just goes over and gets with him. And then the next time they see each other, they're uh, getting busy um, back in the vampire layer. So it's like it's like boom, 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 it is, you know zero to hundred, which is exactly what you want in your, uh, in your vampire tales. In your ninety minute vampire tale, uh, you want saxophones and you want that uh, Lost Boys. It's a really cool title. It's a play on like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Uh, which I think is really interesting uh, kind of take on this vampire thing because, you know, they were a group of boys. You can never get old. Um, just the same as these vampires. Um, you know, obviously it's just kind of kind of geared up here as uh, we get into this horror thing. But I don't know, Michaela, I thought that this was pretty fun. I don't know that I'm going to add it to the yearly rotation, but I'm glad to have finally seen it, I think. Yeah. Well, and if you did really love it, I was going to say you you can watch uh, their two sequels, Lost Boys, the Tribe, Lost Boys, the Thirst. Uh, there were two comic book series that were spawned off this. I mean, there was a whole franchise that ended up happening um, because this this made a ton of money in its day. It grossed over 32 million. It only cost uh, the budget was like eight and a half. So it did real, real well. <laughs> the budget was forty eight hundred dollars. <laughs> And no, actually, yeah. actually, that's not true. The The budget was well spent. The vampire layer looks awesome. The helicopter work looked awesome. Um, it has a really good cast. Um, you know, it's a lot of younger actors, so that probably didn't cost that much. But um, 
but yeah, I think it, it was well spent. And like I've said it a couple of times, you know, it's uh, it's very apparent to me why this is a cult classic yeah, for people for sure. people to like for sure for sure. So uh, yeah, I think that's gonna put a pin on the Lost Boys for us as we inch our way towards Halloween and we inch our way towards a hundred episodes. So. Uh, you're going to have to stick with us. We will be back with a real good film uh, next week to talk about that. But, you know, this week we were talking about Lost Boys. So let us know in the comments and on all that stuff. If you watch Lost Boys, if it's one of your favorites, uh, what your favorite vampire film is. And if you make a vampire sunrise to go along with it, uh, do that. Tell us, send us pictures, do all that stuff. You can do that on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to see pictures of ours, episode recaps, all that good stuff, you can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And uh, make sure you are following along with us on the uh, podcast players um, as uh, we get into our 100th episode. because so we're going to try to do something a little bit special for our lobby bar this week for the 100th episode uh, maybe make an announcement i don't know you're just gonna have to tune in and find out uh so if they want to do that if they want to tune into the lobby bar and a regular episode you need to follow us on the podcast places and leave us reviews that helps michaela where can they do that you can find us on apple podcasts and spotify and good pods and stitcher and anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed i can't believe we've had the best week ever uh if we'd love to keep that going uh we love building this community we've had so many people come together over cocktails and movies and it's so exciting um if you like what you're hearing we do two drops a week i say this every time but it's true it's so much fun uh get in on all of our social media stuff you can see how we build some of the syrups that we do and some of the drinks that we do and they're really fun um yeah look us up find us subscribe if you're loving it please recommend it to all your peeps uh Put a five-star review on. Uh, that really helps us get the Drink the Movie stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, now we have uh, put vampires to bed for the time being. We have one more movie to go in Halloween movie month, and we're going to have to go, uh, I guess, to the best of all of the Halloween uh, films. The scariest course. actual Halloween movie of all time, in my opinion. It's not even a Halloween film, really. It's just the scariest movie of all time. And it is one of the greatest films of all time, too. So we're going to uh, take a quick break. We're going to pop open a bottle of Chianti, and we'll be back to talk about Silence of the Lambs next week. But for now, Michaela, grab your vampire sunrise and let's go because the sun's coming up. And we'll all talk right. to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, the Movies. movies. Rules. We've got rules around here. Truth, justice, and the American way. I swear he dropped an octave in that. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, you, you, you see a dead body and stand by me. Of course you're gonna gonna drop an octave. That's true. That's true. <laughs>